Morning podcast. Recording this on a drizzly Saturday morning in Foster. Uh, Andrew Lester. One of my personal biggest influences as a kid when I was growing up, bodyboarding. Looked up to him a lot. Competitive machine. Uh, definitely a charger. Proved himself time and again. Shark Island being the main place, but also back in the day when the Tahiti skins kicked off, there's some pretty famous images of Lester dropping into a bomb. Uh, had the chance to catch up with him earlier or towards the latter part of 2020. And I had a ripping yarn with him down at South, or down at uh, Cronulla near the alley where he grew up bodyboarding. And uh, yeah, enjoy this podcast. A little note, apologies for the Ben Holland podcast. Forgot to edit out a little bit where Ben went to do a piss. Uh, One person let me know. The other thousand or so who have listened to it didn't tell me, so I'm not sure if it was a huge problem for you all, but I thought I'd offer a little apology. Um, try to make sure I edit these things a little better next time when people take toilet breaks. Anyway, on with the show. Welcome to the podcast, Andrew Lester. Thank you. I'm glad I got here eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're, we're sitting, there's a, there's a wave in the very distance over there, and that Shark Island. Is that where it all started? No, actually it started just down here. Oh, it did, it did start just here? Yeah, no, it started here at the beach, the alley. Okay. So originally, when I was young, mm-hmm. the shops here, this was a, um, a car park. It was a roundabout where they said the lights were, mm. or are. It's a roundabout and you drive down and mum, mum or dad or sister, whoever, was unfortunate the time to drop me off, would drop me off there after school. And there was an alley rip bowl. There was a, a water pipe. They used to just have water running out of it constantly. So it would create this constant uh-huh. channel. Like um, storm water? Well, yeah, it was storm hope. water, but it, wasn't, <laughs> but it wasn't dirty. Like it wasn't, okay. yeah, it wasn't. To be honest, I don't know where the water came from. I'd, even the older older guys just never knew. It just was just there. It was just always okay. running it. And it wasn't like viciously running yeah, or anything, yeah. but it's just a trickling thing. So it created, and next to the reef, because there's a rock pool there with um, a bit of a reef, and it just created this channel. Mm. So it was called the Alley Rip Bowl, because mm. it was constantly there. And mm. It's where Ballard like, dropped me. and um, Yeah, like I mean, it's unreal. We've got great reefs here. The island's really good, but you know, probably in great, great a couple of times a year. So. Yeah. No, my bread and butter was down here at the alley, alley rip bowl. Down at the rip bowl. I'm yeah. gonna adjust this because I just realised that you're gonna be speaking away from the mic if we do it that way. So I'm gonna oh, go that way. Course. And um, we're gonna I'll be able to turn the volume up on that bit. But um does that rip bowl bit I mean you're pretty well known and I'll give you the full credit, this is what I think and I know others think it as well, but like your pocket surfing throughout your whole career was probably your strongest attribute, you know, like in terms of what's Andrew Lester. Like, how do you know that's Andrew Lester on a wave and it's that yeah. pocket kind of surfing? Would you say there's a direct correlation with this yeah. upbringing right yep. here? Yeah, definitely. Well, with the rip bowls, like, you know, they um, there's not a lot of room between the waves in between. Like, they're kind mm. of close together for one. Mm. So you don't have a lot of room to work in. And um, 
and yeah, just want to try and fit as much as you can in. So it mm. was all developed off um, off surfing the rip bolt for sure. Mm. Yeah. And who were you? Who were you bodyboarding with in the beginning? Who was the crew that you kind of bounced off in this local area? We had a really good young crew. I mean, we we're in the. It was the early nineties, so there was mm. you know it was, it was part of the bodyboarding boom. But um, mm. the guys who I surf with, who I still surf with now, but um, it was like Alex Mills, um, Ryan McKinnon, Ringer, Murray Bell, and then Alex Leon, mm. Ben Hall, Ben Williams. Um, we had a lot of good guys, and then a few years above me, there was a guy called Michael Floyd, who was oh. like kind of semi-pro, and Daniel Slattery. I remember that you know, name. Yeah, Daniel Slattery. yeah, he was a really good drop now. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the generation above that was Nugget and, and those guys, mm. Wingnut and Percy and all that. But yeah, I used to surf, yeah, with like my age group of um, yeah, Ringer and yeah. Alex Mills, and we had heaps of good guys. And then below us was John Scholl and Yeah, that's what um, Yeah, yeah, we had a really good you know, kind of ten year group like block of guys in different ages. Yeah. Who were all be surfing out here that were really, really good. Were the guys in that generation before that kind of Percy Wingnut Ballard group, were they kind of like off in a different realm a little yeah, bit? Yeah, a little you bit guys? like you Yeah, that's right. You wouldn't see them as much like you wouldn't see them kind of daily but and they were off doing their thing, you know, in mean? like yeah. Ballard was on the G O B. Um, tour and I think Nugget was doing a bit of it. Wingnut definitely was yeah. as well. So you wouldn't see those guys a lot. Mm. Um, and it was like you'd spell out the paddle out the alley and you're like, oh my god, what's <laughs> this? And he'd, you know, he'd be ripping because it's his forehand drop knee. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we wouldn't see them that often. You'd see them at the island, obviously, um, if they were around. But yeah, from day to day stuff was more just our grub crew. And you didn't really look, I mean, you, if you noticed them out there, it was awesome, but you kind of didn't really look beyond. Mm. On that, you're just kind of, you know, that afternoon session, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, right. So, and there's also a lot of good um, surfers as well, surfers who are out there too that were ripping. Was that, like, the dynamic around here, like, there are a lot of surfers, but there are a lot of bodyboarders, right? Like, well, yeah. there, there were, at least, I'm, I'm not sure what the situation is today, but there, there was this... Was it about an even split, would you say, when you were growing up, or was it in the boom time, so bodyboarding was almost yeah. more? Yeah, no, I would probably almost say it was, it was more. Yeah, right. Um, there was a, there was, we had, there's a really good generation of surfers, uh, again, around that kind of um, nugget wing nut mm. age. Um, and then, and even still, like, there was good surfers in my age group as well, but mm. the majority seemed to be bodyboarders yeah. I think and again it's probably part of that boom but yeah we had some really good surfers mm. still do like but they're all bloody goofy footers they're all goofy footers <laughs> it seems that's like. crazy yeah like Andy King was one of Cronulla's yeah. um, best yeah. goofy footer uh, Matt Griggs he's a natural footer but then we had, um, so had Kingy who's goofy Blake Johnson was a really good young up and coming guy yeah goofy um, Kirk Flynnoff who got on the CT goofy yeah right Conor O'Leary who's currently on the yeah. well when COVID finishes, I was on the CT. Um, and then we've got another young guy coming through, who, um, Jarvis Earl, who's a goofy footer. Dog Marsh oh, was goofy, like all that's these. That's funny. Yeah, it's incredible. Oki. <laughs> so you got Cronulla. Uh, Gary Green. And you've got Shark Island and Yeah, which is, a, which, yeah, which is mainly right. But I mean, yeah. we've got Voodoo, who that was that, kind that of their, that was their thing. I mean, they surfed the island too, but mm. you know, it's kind of like pipe and sunset, yeah, exactly. you know what I mean? Like this. So, so what is the what is the kind of progression look like for a, for a young bodyboarder in the what was it, would it have been the early nineties for oh. you early to mid nineties and then you kind of 
doing the thing in the alley. Yep. And then when was there this kind of moment of truce of heading out to that Shark Island space? Was there, there something that you had to be ready or were you yeah. like, no, I'm going? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess within yourself you kind of thought, oh, I need to be ready. But then peer pressure kicks in as well and you go out. But I remember surfing, um, I remember going out the island when I was really young. Too young, really. Yeah, yeah eight, eight or nine. And I didn't tell my, my parents where I was going. I was going, no, I'm just going out like out near like the point. Uh, okay. And I was with an older, like a family friend, an older, older kid. Yeah. And I remember going out and cutting my hand and I was like, oh, I don't know about this place. And saying that, I'd hardly go left or right, you know, and it's just yeah. kind of... But then, um, yeah, but then high school comes around and you, you go out there a little bit. But I was mainly, I remember surfing the far left, we called it. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's part of the island, but it's not really like it's yeah. seaweed underneath. You know, yeah, it's exactly. Very safe. Um, but it was a pretty good day, and I was with a schoolmate, and I um, I'd really was really keen to get over there, so I paddled over and caught a couple of waves. And I remember, it was when, it must have been Underground 5, maybe. Okay. It was early on, and it was a day, and it was, because uh, I remember um, Chris Joe was in the water filming, and Nugget and a few guys were out, and I was just like, oh, this yeah. is insane and not really like being scared but it's almost just like so excited mm. and um yeah so it's little moments and then you know I played in surfing again for a, for a while but there was no really defining moment where I thought this is it yeah nothing like that it was just kind of in stages you know and then you go out there and back then it was a lot more um, um of a hierarchy like you yeah like today there's kids who have surfed it for a couple of years who was trying to be on the peak and stuff and yeah you know, yeah that's fine whatever I'm not really that um, person's going to intimidate anyone that but back then yeah it was like you don't come over here nah. and if you do we'll either beat you or you get dropped in on and <laughs> mate, you're not want to come back over here so yeah it was more just kind of like you just kind of take it in your stride of the development yeah. But yeah. it was a different age wasn't it like it was that you're saying like today there are literally because you see a lot on Instagram now of even like the Cronulla Bodyboard Club has events out yeah, there. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. it's like every kid's getting a bit of a goal of it, which is kind of rad. Like, yeah. But at the same time, there is that hierarchy that existed and there was a like a chain of respect there too, yeah. right? You know, you had to kind of yeah. fall in line a bit. Like, Big time. How do you feel about the dynamic like today versus back then? Do you feel like it was a positive to have a hierarchy and that kind of I, those rules out there? Or yeah, I what do. do you feel? I do. Um, I also think for safety as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's people out there who, um, guys out there who just haven't developed the skills or the, um, not even the skills to ride the wave, it's also the skills to avoid being in the bad, at the wrong spot and putting other people in danger. That's where I find it an issue is when people who are putting putting either them, or not really putting themselves, like put yourselves in danger, I don't really care, but if you're yeah. putting other people in danger, yeah, I think that's um, can be a real issue. And I think that's where something like back in Hawaii days, mm. um, like with the wolf pack and that, where yeah. like they, they were intimidating, but, but it was also, they were more about um, if you're putting people in danger, then, then yeah. that's on you and then they'll sort it. So I think that's where, because of that hierarchy back in the day, you kind of, you didn't get the good ones. You didn't yeah. get the bombs. You, you know, you had to kind of work your way up, and yeah. therefore your ability to get yourself out of danger, and and also just kind of read the the waves. Out there. I think that's it too for me. Like that that reading the wave bit. Like because when you're not getting a wave, 
you're still dodging them. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, that's you're still right. like aware of where you are on a reef. And, yeah, that's right. You know, you, you learn a lot just by sitting on the sidelines and, and, and having to dodge the, the danger. Um, I remember the year of um, one of the first times I was out there of any consequence was the year of the big Shark Island comp that Kingy won. The oh, yeah. It was the Big East Swell. Yeah. And I was out there in the morning and I, and I remember just like, it was dark when I paddled out because, you know, I knew the comp was going to be on and we were having the Pro Junior comp on the inside here at the same time. Yep. And I was just remember being out there and I was like, this is way more intense, like, you know, just not even catching a wave. I think Andre got one wave or something and obviously he just went one that was going to close out anyway across <laughs> the whole reef. So it was just like, it was crazy to see how, how much power could happen on a reef and I think that was my first experience of just real raw power on yeah. the reef and what the consequences can be and let's go back to that day because I wanted to take us there and kind of get there was that would have been one of your I want to say third or fourth shark island comps or am I getting the numbers wrong you, no, you'd done a couple before then hadn't you I've been in all of them so yeah okay so you were there from the very first yeah yeah okay. we were there from the very first one yeah right which was really cool yeah so, um, so what would back that then, have been then what back, number was that that would have been five maybe yeah okay that was about number five 90, I think the first one was 97 mm. I think you're right I think 97 was the first and and that was the yeah. first one that was consequential right that was where yeah, it really yeah. delivered oh yeah yeah and that, yeah, and that was one, I think that was part of the tour too, wasn't it? Was it part of the tour yet? Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway, back it when it originally started, time, it was yeah. like locals versus blowings. Yeah. So in the very first comp, I was, I was part of the blowing team. Oh, were you part of the blowings? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. That's pretty funny. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> well, that, you were from the alley. Well, I don't know, yeah, it just, just wasn't part of the, part of the boys. Oh, I was wow. 16, I was like, you know, and even then, like going in the island comp, I was still like, you know, I was only 16, I think. I was yeah. like, if I want to go in That's it. But funny. You can't, you're not going to not give, no up, way, yeah. um, give up your opportunity to compete in it. But yeah, that, that year, 2001, um, you know, there's probably 2016 maybe, mm. might have been a, would have been similar. Not, I don't think it was as heavy and I didn't compete in the 2016 one because my son had just been born. Mm. But being able to compare the two, they were the two years. So, you know, in 20 years, there's only really been two two days of the competitions where it's been like that. But yeah, that 2001 event was something else. That mm. was incredible. And it, because of the comp two, people were just putting themselves in positions that just, I think Alistair, he got hurt, Alistair yeah, Taylor. Yeah. But to think that no one else really got hurt, yeah, is just crazy. incredible. That's crazy. But it also says to the, um, to the guys, abilities to again like i was saying earlier about getting out of putting yourself kind of out of danger mm. or knowing you know how to maneuver away because yeah like the waves that were ridden crazy and it was two days in a row yeah which is pretty rare here right to get two yeah to get, yeah that's right like that yeah i mean it was it was one of those swells that i mean like you finished second no i finished where did you finish i finished Fourth in that one? Okay, you're up there, weren't you? Yeah, but I had a really. It was. It was over. It was back when it was the leaderboard, so I might not have been part of the world tour yet. No, nah, I was part of the leaderboard, so yeah. I had a really shit first round. Yeah, you had a solid second one. I had a really good second round. I remember that. Yep, but I had a like terrible first round. I was just. I was so pissed off. Yeah. And I um. In, in the afternoon of the first day, I went in back. I went back out and surfed it at the low tide out. The, there's a second reef yeah. left. Um. And it was, it was so filthy. 
but just it was just you know he's just burning me up. Yeah. Anyway, and then I surfed that afternoon and got some really good ones on the lefts um, in the second reef, and then the next morning I had I've got good ones. Yeah. But um, I remember that there was a different there was because I think I watched the first day. Yeah, and, and we had the comp on the first day, so we didn't get to watch everything. But then the second day, the, our comp was done, so we were all, you know, obviously like the crowd was immense that day. I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a bigger crowd at no. that point. And it was just absolute carnage. But there were, I do remember really clearly, it was you and Kingy that really managed to get the lines right through mm. those waves. Like it was really like a wave selection game. If yeah. you were trying to win, yeah. it was like a wave selection thing. If you're just trying to like get a good photo, put on a good show, it didn't really matter what you went out there because everyone was going to cheer and clap anyway. But like, do you remember if there was a different strategy for you that day? Like, did you kind of paddle out going, okay, here's what I'm going to do this time instead of what I did last time? I don't really remember having like a strategy or a different strategy or anything like that. I knew that with the with the way um, the waves are breaking, I guess everyone knew, but you just needed to pretty much get to the shoulder as quick as you can, yeah. <laughs> because no matter how fast you're going to go, yeah. the way the angle of the wave, it would yeah. move you. But I do remember there was a couple. There was a one wave in particular that was a pretty defining wave for me in understanding, um, I guess, the way the wave breaks in a more detailed level. And it was a wave. Uh, I took off, and I've got a photo of it, which is really cool. And it's one where it gurgles, and I'm in front of the gurgle. I'm here, like I'm kind of in front of the wave, yeah. and it's gurgling behind me, and I'm in the air. And I just I remember going almost straight and drifting across. Uh huh. And it really changed the game for me in in, the, in terms of the way I surfed out there after that, um, because the actual wave, had I been hugging the shoulder, like hugging the um, the face of the wave. I would have been gone. Drawn up and over. Would have been gone over, yeah. yeah. And it was all gurgling. There's a yeah. photo where I'm, like, I've, I'm going over a bounce and I'm, and I'm just in the air and it's just behind me. It's just yeah. like this ugly, just, yeah. It's not even a wave. Anyway, and then, um, so I go over it and come around, come around that gurgle bit, and I kind of drift. Mm. And I just remember it was like a light bulb moment, thinking, oh, you can do that here, mm. and, and never really, a, well, I'd never thought about it. It's never really a way, like, you'd never do that at the alley. You know, most waves in the world, you wouldn't really yeah. ever have to do that. Yeah. And it just kind of was like a bit of a turning point for me in, in understanding how the wave um, bends and how, yeah. like, the, the way the the way the water moves, and like with the wave bending, that you kind of you don't. Yeah, it's weird. Like you kind of you'd have to drift. Yeah. It's I know a, what you mean because like because what 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 happens out there is the water sucks out. It's like a stationary wave in some respects at, at some points. Yeah. Because of all of the draw off the reef. So yeah. instead of going, if you're going across, you're literally going to lift yourself up and over. But if you which happens a turn lot. to your outside rail and ride forward, yeah. you're going to actually and you stay know, on the wave. And and after that moment, I remember looking at the way Ballard surfs, and Ballard yeah. rides are like that. Where yeah. he's kind of like, it's almost like you're going straight. Yeah. And because of the way, the way the reef is, it's kind yeah. of like a big circle. Yeah. So, you know, like, so you're going there. So you take off facing this way. By the end of it, you're facing almost straight into shore. Exactly. Yeah. So if you could, yeah, so it's just um, I'm giving away all my secrets. <laughs> but anyway, it's, but it's and that's why you see so many people um, coming into surge that yeah. get clipped. And I, yeah. it still happens to me. Yeah. But um, but I, I just remember it was a real light bulb moment for me. Yeah. Right. That, that one wave, and I still remember it clear as day. I remember, um, like being on the wave and having Ben play up in the shoulder gun. 
fuck. Doesn't sound like him. No, no. But it's just, and it's just like all these things that, you know, it was a split second in time. But for me, they're just like, it's just imprinted. Did it feel like a competition? Because to me, that competition was like a non-competition. It was just like, because everybody was putting their lives yeah, on the line Yeah, it was competition so for survival, really. Yeah, exactly. And everyone was encouraging everyone. It was, it was competition. Except for maybe King. He probably took it really seriously. Well, he did because he'd done so well in the first <laughs> round. So, of course, you're going to try and protect his lead. Yeah, he, exactly. he surfed it so... He did, yeah. Mate, he surfed it so well. Yeah. It's um, funny that, um, that the historical kind of... That, that was a bit of a big moment there for the history of Australian bodyboarding, I feel, because you had these two dominant centres of, of kind of bodyboarding, Port Macquarie and Cronulla. Yeah. And you could say with the two, you know, stars yep. in, the, in the centre of the galaxy for, for bodyboarding in Australia. And then there was always that kind of... The, the Cronulla guys were the ones who owned that charging. They charged and they kind of had that. And, the you know, the port guys could you know, yeah. do flips and had, like, you know, some radical stuff going on there and could win comps and, you know, whatever. Yep. But then Kingy kind of was the first to kind of come and go, all right. We charged to. Yeah, we charged to. Well, didn't say that. And then Thorto, he... Thorto he, always, yeah. But Thorto, yeah. I think he got best barrel or... Yeah. I think he got best barrel in that comp too. Okay, there you go. And not only that, that, that event, that was 2001, so that came off the back of the Tahiti skins. It did, didn't it? So, it was a good Did it come off the back of it? It was after it, was after it yeah. It, wasn't it? It was like a year... Or was it before it? No, it was after. Okay, definitely. definitely. after, yeah. Because Tah- the Skins was in well, April 2000. This was July oh, okay, 2001. So it was, a good, it was a good period there for um, for bodyboarding. It seemed like they were, you know, that time we were always trying to um, push, like, to try and get respect and, you know, yeah. wear a proper sport and all this kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So to have the Skins one year and then the 2001 Island Comp, the following year was a was a pretty good um a lot of pretty good time yeah, yeah it was just you know like it felt like we didn't need to keep trying to justify it anymore yeah. it's kind of like well two of the like Charlotte you know was regarded as one, pound for pound one of the heaviest waves in the world mm. we just got on the back of Chopes big and onshore so it's kind of like well we don't need to keep trying to prove mm. that we can ride heavy waves or you know it's like this is what the bodyboard's made for yeah so. Do you feel like that was understood though? Because to me, I feel like it wasn't that. What you said makes a lot of sense that, sure, that could have been the moment where everyone said, we charge, it's okay, now we can relax in our own skin. But do you think bodyboarding actually did that then? Um, no. But, see, I feel like bodyboarding, it's always struggled with, um, there's always been, I feel like there's always a lot of times, but also been outside circumstances. Yeah. Like, so that was 2001. You know, and then, you know, we started again, we, it was, you know, it was, the Super Tour was about to start, and there's yeah. a few things starting to happen, and then, um, you know, then September 11th happened. Yeah. You know, in like a major, major event. Yeah. And that put everything on the back burner, I think, two like, events got cancelled, and, yeah, and exactly. people freaked out about what was going to happen, and we yeah. going into, you know, World War Three and all those kind of yeah. things. So I feel like, you know, it would kind of start to come up, and then something would happen. And yeah. Go, oh, yeah. And then we'd build it back up a little bit, yeah. and then something, and then you know something would happen. You know? <laughs> it's just like there just always seemed to be where it would just like, and maybe and maybe that was just like you know from us or for me anyway, like looking inside, going, this is the opportunity, and then yeah, that's the reason why it didn't happen. Yeah, and that's the reason. Where and it may not have been. Has that been a like? It seems like there's this, but for you saying maybe it's inside of you seeing these things like. Throughout your career, do you feel like there's been a lot of those moments yeah. where it's kind of like because I remember when you requalified to the 
to the tour back in, I don't know, it must have been 2012 or 2013, somewhere around then, and it was kind of like, there was this momentum again. Yeah, that's and right. And then something happened. Yeah. Then the tour, like, basically fell on its head again. Yeah. The year you got back on. Yeah. And it's like, and funnily enough, like, right now, you know, the APB kind of fell off last year, and these new IBC guys kind of picked up the reins. They were all energetic and whole new different direction yep. coming out of you know Latin America essentially for the first time ever yep. and then coronavirus just kind of stopped yeah. everything and, and it's like, kind of like yeah 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 so from early on when I um late late 80s early early 90s late yeah. 80s early 90s um there was a big campaign in Australia as a for sun protection called Me No Fry oh yeah I remember that so it was a really big and they were doing a lot of um, a big push for it and they were putting a lot of money into um, developing sports yeah. bodyboarding being one of the developing sports mm. and then one of the guys who was you know, at the top of the tree of the New South Wales bodyboarding or whichever I don't know I'm not going to point fingers at yeah, yeah. but the, one of the guys um, ran off with the money yeah and then so it was like Big corporate sponsor, yeah. Pushing for like for sun protection and yeah. ocean, like you know, perfect, perfect alignment. Yeah, perfect alignment. Yeah. Went off for the money. Yeah. Oh, well, we're not going to, you know. Exactly. Stuff you guys. All right, yeah. cool. This is back when you know you, you'd rock up to a, a body or an event. And there'd be big scaffolding and yeah. be, you know there'd be stuff everywhere. There'd yeah. be bacon egg rolls cooking <laughs> here and merchandise and you know there'd be like three tiered scaffolding and yeah. judges on top and massive deal. Glory days. Yeah, massive deal. Mm. So to think that we're not even back at that stage is a bit, bit sad. But in saying that, I've been out of the game for a few years, so I don't really know. I just see the webcast and stuff. But yeah, it was like it just seemed like there was always little bits and pieces yeah. that would just kind of happen. And... Yeah. <laughs> do you feel like? Do you feel like there was something that could have been done differently throughout that time? Uh, you, know, you can't do much about someone stealing money. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty hard to insure against. But like. <laughs> Was there anything when you look back on the the time that you spent in your kind of, I don't want to call it your prime, but like in the moment where you were competing regularly, um, do you feel that there were some change, like directions that kind of did make sense but weren't taken, and things that were done that didn't make sense? No, not real. I think everyone, everyone's, everyone was working towards a common goal that they wanted bodyboarding to be a, you know, an established sport, yeah, where people were making good money and everything like that. And mm. I think. Um, uh, like in your quote, um, opinions, everyone's got one, they're like assholes or whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? So it was just like everyone, I think everyone like was trying to, trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Other people, you know, people have different opinions and want to yeah. do it in different ways. So, yeah. you know, the, besides the, the human element of clashing and things like that, I yeah. think uh, there was, there was smarter people than me running it. So, um, yeah, there's nothing that I can think where I was like, oh, can't believe they did that or anything like that. No. Now we had we had an awesome tour. Yeah. We had sick events like it was you know the super tour. We had yeah it was awesome. Mm. Kind of chirps had the island. Yeah. Cloud Nine was in there one year. We had the boat trip to. That was Mentalis. the big. That was probably the year of years really, wasn't it? That year with the the Cloud Nine bit. Yeah. That was pretty special. That was sick. That was the human shoes era. Yeah. See, hu- yeah, and that's right. And human shoes came in. And yeah. That he was awesome, Gary. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah. So um. Really, really yeah. Um, Gave it a good shot yeah. of life for a while. Yeah. And Forty was kind yeah, of the one right. managing that, yep. getting that done. And Steve-O, he was there to get yeah, that that's one right. across yeah, the line. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was a good crew. And, you know, yeah. that's right. Like we were at Tahiti, we were at Pipe. Yeah, I think we were, yeah it would have been Pipe. Yeah. Um, 
Tahiti Pipe, Shark Island, Cloud Nine, and Towies. Sintra, I think, was still a part of it. Sintra's always managed yeah, to be that's a right. part He's of always, it. Oh, no. God bless it, eh? I know. Um, <laughs> did you ever get up good there? Did you ever get a win up there, or did you ever get close up second. there? You got the second one here, yeah, eh? Yeah, to David Perez. David Perez. And I was filthy because Spanish um, from yeah, Spain. Yeah, he was he was good good competitor. Yeah. Um, Which year was that? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's in the two thousands. Yeah, it was in the two thousands. Yeah. It would have been like two thousand and four, maybe. Yeah. Two thousand three or four, five. Yeah. Four. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I I'd never really done well there. Pr like, prior to it, which is frustrating because it's a long way to travel Holy from here to um to not really do well. But yeah, I got yeah I got second one year. But it was, was just... it a rip bowl circumstance? Because it's such a different way for different moments. Like yeah. was it was it was there any similarities with home here that made it worth work work for you that time? Do you remember? No, not really. Uh, it was just it was just one of those. It was just. Just on, you know. What I mean, just, you just, yeah. sometimes you just have heats, like have comps where you can just, for whatever reason, the the waves weren't always um, would always be in your favour, but yeah. just for whatever reason, you know, it just worked. And I remember in the final being really confident. Yeah. But then it was a dropping swell on a height, like the tide coming in, and over there, as, you, as you're aware, the tides <laughs> change so rapidly. Yeah. And he, got, I think it was, I think it was only his first wave, and he got a wave, and I think he did a flip or something, and. Um, and you know, they do a flip and, it, and it's like it's a seven straight away. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, okay. But then with the higher tide, it just the the it just died through. Yeah, it just died. Yeah. It just that's no just matter what sometimes. I tried to do. Yeah, that's yeah. it. And it was just like, well, <laughs> there's nothing. There's literally nothing I can do. So you know, it's good on you getting that wave. Yeah, yeah good priority at the start. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's a funny thing because like back in the like I remember pretty vividly because when when I was a Grom cadet, you know, you were coming up into your. You know, you were winning back-to-back -back Aussie Tour titles yep. back in the day. Like you were really, really strong competitively, and those waves weren't always epic. Like no. you know, it was like you could really get it together in the grovel, but then you could also deliver when it was bigger. Um, how were, were you in that? Because you did get a couple of Aussie Tour titles, didn't you? I got four, I think. Yeah, you did. Four or four, you four. pretty much owned it for yeah. that period. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it was a really dominant. Um, moment for you, I think. If I remember the history books, you know, you, I think you won the cadet national title. Yep. And then I think from there you kind of basically were pretty much dominant on the Aussie Tour stuff. Yeah. From that early age. Yeah. Um, was that like how did you? What were you doing back then? Just for some of the younger people who might mm -hmm. listen to this and they got like competitive aspirations. What were some of the things that you were doing? Do you remember back then to kind of work on your game? To be so dominant, like what were you, what were you playing at? Well, I would just pretty much come and surf every day, like any grom. You're just yeah. trying to surf every day, um, and then, and I'd always be watching videos. But my dad was a really positive influence in that he came from a footy background, in yeah. that you train, you know, three or four days a week, and then you play, play, and then you analyze, and then you train, and yeah, right. And I just kind of took that aspect out of it that you. That you train, I like got uh -huh. just without even realizing that I'm going to train. Mm. I knew there was areas um, that I needed to work on, mm. and being a beachy, you can't practice air reverses and that every nah. day. But you can practice doing reverses. You can yeah. practice doing reverses off the foam. You can mm. practice rolls. 
and you can practice forward spins. Mm. You want to be able to practice ARSs, but you can practice the um, the elements that would then help you when you've got the opportunity to do an air reverse. Mm. And I think that's where I think a lot has lacked. And with Cronulla Bodyboarding Club, it's like you know we've got we've got yeah. we've got Shark Island as as their yeah, which is fucking awesome. Yeah. Right? That's how good is that? Yeah, but. A lot of the fundamentals for the Groms are missing because they just yeah. want to surf the island. They're not putting in the work out here. Yeah, right. The beaches, and that's what I would do. I would, you know, I used to get written off and paid out because I'd be surfing and it'd be hardly even breaking. Yeah. It's just like, one, I was loving it. Like, yeah, I was having, I was having so much fun. I didn't care. Um, but two, I also um, kind of had that training kind of um, mentality. Mindset, yeah. yeah, mindset that just I want to improve. Um, so that's where I was kind of. That was kind of my background, and, and that was awesome. Like I said, he would some days if he had um, if he had finished work a little bit early, he would come down and he bought this big like old school video camera. But he would come down and video. So then I'd go home and watch it. And okay, so you could course. actually you were analysing yeah. your own game as well. Yeah, and that's, that that's a huge um, bonus for kids these days. That everyone's you've got a, a camera on their phone. Like you could if you can watch yourself it, back. It is funny though. It's funny that you say that because. Like, it was a big effort for your father. Like, that's an effort to big get time. a camera, a VHS, I'm assuming, yep. camera, sit on the rocks, film yep. for however long the tape will last, then analyse it in that yeah, format. Well, that's right. I mean, really he, hard. Yeah, oh, big time. Whereas today, there's all of this, everybody's got the ability to do it, yet no one's I doing doubt it. anyone's yeah, doing nah. it, right? Nah. The, the, the surfers, that's one thing that's um, massive here in Cronulla. We've got really good surf coaches. So yeah, I spoke uh, about the guys earlier, but Andy King, he was like, yeah. um, he was, was on Julian's tour. He was with Julian. Right? He was yeah. with Mick Fanning. Yeah. Um, Matt Griggs, yeah. he was a um, pro surfer as well. He was um, Rip Curl Pit Boss. Yeah, so right. So he was with um, with Mick and that when he was winning his world titles. Right. Blake Johnson. Yeah. He's he got Connor O'Leary coaching Connor O'Leary through to the yeah. CT. So, and they do the, and they still do it. And they've got Groms coming through, and they that's really big. Begin surfing. It's never really. I know Lily's got a, um, a bodyboarding. Lily Pollard's got a bodyboarding academy around here, and I, yeah. I, I'm guessing that they video and then analyze. But it's not really something that's done too often with the bodyboarding, and you don't really see many bodyboarders even on the beach these days. Yeah. Um, well, in Cronulla, anyway. Yeah. I know, like, I'm sure that other beaches have it, but but in saying that, Cronulla Beach is a pretty shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. they're not made for bodyboarding. No. Like we had the Rip Bowl, which was awesome, but. I think that's also another reason probably why I did well in events around the place. Yeah. Because you go to these other beaches. Not much better. No, they were sick. Oh, yeah. Because they were like, they were peaks. And you could, you could, in the, you know, instead of trying to do like a reverse off the foam or, or just doing spin, yeah. spins and rolls, yeah. you could do flips. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. you could do these things. And I was like, so you'd rock up and people would go, oh, it's pretty shit. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? Yeah, no. This is fucking pumping. <laughs> like you turn up to Boomerang and yeah. you get these lefts that were running like, you know, yeah. for 150 metres with sections yeah, along. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. are you kidding yeah, me? Yeah. I can't yeah, wait till my heat's, I can't wait to get out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I think also that was another thing that coming from a beach, you know, ask Hardy about Cronulla Beach. Like he stayed here for three months and I think he surfed it twice maybe. <laughs> because, you know, coming from Margaret's where it's oh, pumping. No, no. But, that is, it's, it's a, it's not a very good beach because we don't have any bombings out the back that's going to break anything, split yeah. it up. We just have these mountain sand dunes that have, like, all the sand's been taken to make bricks and <laughs> exported to Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, right. So, like, there's just not much movement in the, um, for the sandbanks. Yeah. And if we do, they're, they're really flat. It's all right for surfing, but 
So, you know, if you're relying on Shark Island and Sakharov and that, you're going to be waiting a while. Sucks, all right, but you're going to be waiting a while. So it's funny though, like to say, to for you just like you're saying, but it's a shit. These are shit beaches for bodyboarding, but these shit beaches made you a bodyboarding champion. Like it's a yeah. funny irony of yeah, the whole no, situation. Sure. Like, and yeah. like I said, if I didn't have the rip bowl, yeah. daily rip bowl, like that. It was like it was sick, and people used to go, oh, "I'll go back to the ripper." I'd like, "I'd happily go back." To the yeah, <laughs> like it was sick because it was, it was like you know you'd probably get 150 meter rides, and you get yeah. little barrels, you get, you get bowls, little like, pockets to work in. Yeah, right? like it was, it was really good, but that was you know that was a while ago. Yeah, um, but it's funny because I think it's also it reminds me of that reality of Kingy's style as well in coming from the break wall area where it is that pocket surfing again and that's his you know yeah. that's his strength as well is to be able to do all these great maneuvers inside the pocket and and keep it keep that kind of style alive and i mean one of the things for me i've definitely noticed since coming back into bodyboarding competitively in the last three years it's that pocket surfing game is very rare yeah um it's like this Every now and then, guys will go there. Like you'll see Pierre usually will probably go there. Yeah. But like Alex Uranga, also actually quite a good pocket surfer, which is interesting. But it's it's a very rare quality now in, yeah. in competitive bodyboarding, and I think it's a big loss because you, yeah. you just lose all. And Mike, Mike, obviously when he puts the jersey on, you know he's he's definitely still strong in the pocket. But yeah, it's really interesting to see that it doesn't really happen and. Maybe it's to do with the type of ways that these guys grew up on and they just, you know, didn't get that experience. But also maybe it's to do... Like, did you ever feel like your style was judged fairly when you were competing? Like, this pocket surfing stuff? Like, did you feel like it was appreciated or did you kind of feel like it was a bit missed? Um, when it got to the international stage, I should say. Cause clearly... Well, yeah, possibly with the international stage. Yeah. Because um, it took me a while. Well, I had, I had one little breakout year like internationally, but then it, I, I struggled a little bit internationally to have the success that I did in Australia. But yeah, so when I was doing it, it was, it was more uh, like on the Australian tour anyway. All right, technical difficulties. I know that chat would have been nice to keep going there about Leicester's style on the international stage. We, we go on that for a little while, but the, the file from the GoPro corrupted and I have not been able to fix it. So apologies about that. Uh, we pick up the interview a few minutes passed, but we pick up the interview talking about uh, the kind of downfall of Manta bodyboards and the toll that kind of took on Andrew. Uh, sorry about that, guys, but these things happen sometimes. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, whatever. It's pretty so, um, Yeah, so that was it was a bit heartbreaking, but I had other issues going on within my life as well, mm. so it's just kind of one of those things where it's just like. But the, the biggest toll on me personally was probably the financial one. Right. Like I, like I said, I was owed a lot of money. And, and it was your main source of income, I'm assuming. Main, source, main source of income. Yeah. And it was, there was, there was, and I just was kind of, kind of led on a little bit by the, by one of the persons in there that, no, oh, okay. you, your money will come and you'll get in a lump sum and you'll be able to do all this stuff. And yeah. It just, um, yeah. So there, was, there were other opportunities where I could have gone out and got, um, other sponsors, but I just hung uh, hung in there for a little bit, yeah. expecting that everything was going to yeah, that's going to be all right, and the, yeah. the new owner was going to come in, and you know, pay, payday was coming, and yeah, right, I just didn't. So, and that knocked you. Did that that kind of knocked you back a bit with your ability to compete at the time too? Did that kind of like put everything on hold? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you like, and then you know, and then I had got credit cards, and that was a whole another yeah. issue that you you know hard. So then 
it became like, all right, well, if I'm going to go in this event, I have to get at least third to, to cover my costs. Snarling. So you just kind of start thinking, well, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get third or better in, to, not, not to make money, yeah, but to, to, cover your to cover your costs. What's the yeah. fucking point? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So it left it leaves a bit of a sour our taste in your mouth and but you did have that like and I'm <gasps> definitely not finishing this podcast on that note but there was a resurgence there like you did you did kind of I don't know what the context was but you did make that comeback yeah oh, so this is a this, even that that the one that you're the, com, the comeback that you're referring to that was yeah. that was probably about seven or eight years after the, yeah, the right. thing. maybe maybe not that many maybe six years after yeah but yeah that's right and um that was the best coming back that yeah. coming back on tour because I guess I was lucky, but I went from high school straight onto tour, like yeah. onto doing the tour. So you don't appreciate it. No. You don't appreciate being in Portugal no, or, no, no. or all these beautiful places. You're just like, oh, the surf's onshore, or you know, oh, you know, there's something. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, no. you're just not happy. Well, you just you just take it for granted. Yeah. So um. So yeah. So when I came back on tour, I enjoyed. Every single second of it, yeah. loved it. I yeah. had the best time. So when I requalified, we were in the Canary Islands, and it, yeah. was, it was awesome because I had um, like my best mate with me, Chucky. He That's came right. Chuck went on the whole trip with you. Yeah, because yeah. he was um, like he's one of the best. Well, he's the best NRL photographer. Yeah, and has shot some of the most um, iconic photos in recent times. Yeah. So he was he was um, he was shooting for the IBA. Yeah. So um so I got to travel to. I went to the Azores and then yeah. to um, Canary Islands with my best mate. Yeah. Um, there was no pressure from. Tur- I was riding for Turbo and working for Turbo. There was no pressure. That's right. You were working as. Yeah. So I won the I won the Aussie tour. Yeah. Was, that's when you had a couple of things to. You had to. It was came off your domestic tour. I think your trials and oh. there, was, there was a couple of categories oh, that you had okay, to, to get into to, the qualification to, quali- to qualify for the world tour. Uh huh. Okay. So there was a couple of things. I that's think good. Was, I think it was your best. I know it was your best uh, trials event, or it was yeah. some, there was there was three things. Anyway, so I'd won the Aussie tour. So I had the maximum points for that. I went to the Azores. Um, I got I think I got third in that. I got third. I yeah. remember because we had a massive night the night before at the trials, <laughs> and uh, it's funny. Chucky and I were, I were like laying on the bed, and he, he was wearing he had these big Nixon watches, <laughs> and I looked over and I was like, oh, and I was like so hungover, and I was like. I think my heat's on soon, and he's just like, oh, because I can see his watch, and I was like, oh. and we're, we're, you know, pretty much right in front of the comp yeah. area, but anyway, so he got up, and he's like slapping me around, and I'm like, oh, come on, we're going to do it, and it worked out really well, because I was still, I was probably still pissed, I remember doing a roll, um, I'm doing a roll, and like onto dry rocks, like, you know, and just making sure I didn't, I had big bruises and cuts on my yeah. knees, but he was like, you're not fucking doing that, <laughs> and anyway, so I ended up getting third, um, hung over. That event, hung over. Really taking your comeback seriously. Yeah, I know, yeah. Well, that, well, and that's why it worked out well, because yeah. there was no pressure. Yeah. And then even, I got into the trials of the, like the trials for the main event. Um, At that front on. That front on, yeah. and I had to get to the, I had to get, I think I, so after the, the Aussie Tour win and the Azores third, I had to get third or better yeah. in the trials. And I think, there's no way I'm going to, like, not even thinking That's a that. tough place to get that, yeah, third in. That's right. And I was starting from the, First round, yeah, like I had no, there was no seating because no. I hadn't done any for for ages. So I was in the first round. So um, just kept making my way through and no pressure, no pressure. And then I got to the final and you got to finish third. 
I've got to finish third or better. <laughs> yeah. So I had, I can't remember who the, the fourth guy was, but it was me, Mitch Rawlins, Ton Rigby, and oh, then this shit. other guy. Okay. So it's definitely not guaranteed still. Well, not guaranteed, but yeah. no, well, I said to the boys, because they'd both call oh, okay. listen. <laughs> listen to you two. <laughs> I said, if I am, if I am, um, if I'm coming fourth, Drop in on me. You've already made it a tour. Let me on. Anyway, it worked out like it was a pretty slow heat, but I, I got heaps of waves and yeah. ended up winning the, yeah. the trials. And um, yeah, and then I got back on tour and it was like the best. Yeah, it was the absolute best. And did you do the year on the tour the next year, or or is yep. that when it all? Oh, so you did get another year on the tour. So I got a year. So I got another. I got a year. Yeah. Um, and then it was the following year that it all kind of just crumbled. Yep. So it was, it was awesome because I got. So that was a good year though. That year that you got on too, right? That was actually like a fun IBA pump, year. It was pumping. We yeah, had with lots pipe. of events and we stuff, right? Pipe. Yep. Went to pipe. It, it was awesome because I got to go to a place I'd never been to before. Yeah. So we went to pipe. I've been there, but the waves were pumping. Yeah. So I got to, I got there. We went to, oh, we went to Porto. Yeah, Puerto yeah, 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 Mexico. yeah. We went to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Went to Brazil. I hadn't been to Brazil before. And Arica, I hadn't been to Arica before. Yeah. And in between Arica and Brazil, Hardy and Spex and I got to go to Easter Island. Yeah, right. So like these so it's things. like a proper year of But like to, just these opportunities and these things I've just never done. So like I said, because I'd like I'd gone and had to work in the workforce. Like yeah. For a year and a half there, I was in Coca-Cola call center making Jeez, phone calls so between being on tour off the tour and then back on tour so Snarly. so to think that I've yeah come back on tour and so I appreciated absolutely everything yeah yep. loved it all it was and, the best and so it kind of I mean the the career the the professional bodyboarder career kind of did finish up on that after that year when it all yep. ended so the the last event professionally for me would have was the South Coast Crusade yeah and it was pumping too <laughs> it right? was pumping it was really good yeah, yeah. good waves so yeah, it. it was kind of cool because like my last, I guess, wave was the spin. Spin in the barrel? Yeah, spin yeah, in the yeah, barrel yeah, and yeah. flip out. It's just yeah. kind of like, oh, that's kind of cool. That gets, gets a lot of uh, lot of replays, that one. Yeah. It comes up every now and then. Yeah. It's a good one to watch. There's so many good things I'm going to be able to lay over the top of this audio for this podcast. Oh yeah, cool, cool. It's going to be great. <laughs> but the big crowning moment, I want to finish on this moment, and I remember being really stoked for you when it happened, was you finally won... That. Yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah. That was a long time coming. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Is that, that was awesome. it? Is that the best moment, would you say, or or not? Um, I'm assuming it is, but maybe I'm Well, not. no, it is. It de- I mean, definitely is. But no, I, I mean, I was pretty lucky. Like, I got to one, I won the pipe event, even though the finals and that were over at, on the oh, west side. Oh, on the west side that time. But yeah, winning the pipe event was pretty special to me because yeah. I was only young. Yeah. But also, um, winning the World Games. Yeah. ISA. Oh, ISA World Games. Yeah, that was yeah. a Hey Wingo. Oh, is that Wingo? <laughs> um Yeah, that was a that was a pretty big one for me because um I guess like I said, you know, coming from that training and um kind of background and you know kind of the footy thing with dad. Yeah. Um being in part of that team environment, which surfing is such an individual yeah. thing. Um yeah, winning winning the World Games, you've been with this group for a week. Um, yeah. That was that was massive to me, and I won it like you know with. Where the, was that at again? That one was at in Ecuador. Yeah, the one I won. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. Yeah, and I like one with the like with thirty seconds to go. Needed a, needed a seven yeah. eight or something like. 
did a pretty high score. Yeah. The set came through and it's just like, you right, that's it. it. And it was like a left long point break, so it's just yeah. kind of like... Thanks, yeah. Ali. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but So that was really special. But no, for sure, the island was, um, the island was, yeah, it was the pinnacle for me. Just something that you'd strive for for so long. For sure. It was really cool. And it was, it was, I really enjoyed that, um, that the guys who I'd grown up surfing with and then the younger guys who had come through behind me all seemed really stoked by it too. Oh yeah. Like I, I, I yeah, I, I just really enjoyed that um, everyone seemed to celebrate it. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Level, 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 level